Hi there, let's talk sports fans. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Let's Talk EPL. And I'm joined by ex Norwich striker Adrian Coat. Thanks for joining me today. How you doing, Dan? Happy New Year to you and, and to all of your subscribers. Uh, yeah, um, same to you and our first show of the new year. Um, and what better place to start? Then Norwich, um, I mean, I know we spoke about this a bit before we went on there. Not the best couple games. And um, it's interesting, last time we spoke, um, they had this sort of little run. I don't know if it was the Dean Smith appointment that gave them a little push. But um, I don't know. I think some of the breaks, what they've had with COVID as well, um, hasn't helped because it seems to, it must be hard um you'd know more about this than me if your football were one game here maybe wait seven to ten days and another game is it is that even harder than so many games sandwiched together um yeah it can be it can be it can be quite unsettling um i guess you train to play so you know when when you know that it's on and you have to plan accordingly, um, right up to the point that this, that this is called off. Um, I know Norwich's game yesterday against Leicester was called off a few days in, in advance. I know um, some of them have been have been cancelled really last minute. Um, so you have to prepare yourself as if you're going to play because um, there is a chance that you might. And then you don't play and it's, you know, you, you, you then need to, to, to do something. Um to to um to make up for the fact that you haven't played so whether that be um some some more training or some fitness drills or or something to, to keep you in in good shape but depending on which team it is that's having the issues with the covid so i know for norwich it's been them it becomes tricky putting on training sessions because you, you don't know who you're going to have and not have day to day um and then when you have a game that does go ahead it's uh going into each game with a different starting 11 um you know you never have that feeling of being really really settled and um you know when you're in a position where Norwich are in at the moment you you, you want to try and take every advantage and break that you can get and, and at the moment um nothing nothing seems to be going their way for them so it, it seems a, a really tough trudge um for the rest of the season um starting the new year uh on a you know a big low compared to where we were the last time I spoke to you yeah, I mean, um, I definitely want to talk about their uh, goal scoring um, situation, but I did find it just to finish up on the COVID situation. I found it ironic that the West Ham game got called off, and just a couple of days before Dane Smith made the point of the games being called, the other side's games being called off, and he said, well, um, we, unlike most teams, kept at most of the protocols they had in so for last year and i thought to myself oh our game's all right and then i think it was the next day it was called off so i did find that somewhat ironic um but yeah. there's been quite um, a confusion with the with i think i know some people i've spoke to have asked for sort of more clarity in regards to the games called off because their their official line is that it's um illness and injury related um but they don't give you a breakdown of who's ill and who's injured so i know norwich yeah. had 
up to 10 players missing, how many of those were COVID and how many were actual injuries, I, I don't know um, because they're not they're not saying that, but their games have been called off because of illness and injury. So, yeah, I find it frustrating because, for example, I understand bigger clubs have more resources, but Chelsea, for example, they played at least three games in a week and that all their strikers was out because of COVID and they had to walk out there with Science and Perisic essentially playing as strikers. And where's their good players? They are not strikers. So whereas they say, oh, um, it comes down to how many players you have in so many positions. Well, they didn't have anyone in those positions. And then Manchester United, they weren't even worse hit, but they got get all their games called off. So it's a bit confusing. And even at the bottom end of the table, Norwich, I mean, Newcastle plays games and then Wilson and St. Maximum goes down injured. They're two probably only good attacking players, but then their games get called off. So, And they didn't seem to be hit by COVID that bad. So you can understand why teams are trying to foul because you've got someone like Chelsea who have no strikers. And then if you look at Newcastle Strud, whereas their best two attackers are out, it's not COVID-related, it's injured. And they do have the like of Joe Linton, who could have played up front. So I find it a bit confusing. And you can, there's sort of some teams trying to fail. I mean, Thomas Tuku is um, furious. I think the mistake he's making is he's mentioned the schedule. But I think what he should actually be mentioning is we had no strikers and um, we're playing without a striker rather than um beating the drum about the Christmas schedule because he's not going to win that one no no and Norwich have been playing every week without strikers yeah. even without Covid yeah I agree I mean injury doesn't come into it because if you call games off because you've lost your two best players in that position then you'll you'll never get through a season I mean just from a West Ham point of view We've got our two starting centre-backs injured and we're having to have youth players what's never played a minute of Premiership football on the bench. And they've got no intention of using them because you can ruin a player's career if you throw them into the Premier League. So um, if one of our centre-backs goes down injured, we've got a bit of a problem. So... I don't see how injury can really come into it. I know it's difficult and you'll lose games because of it, but that's what the teams were are having to play is happening. Um, but moving on to um, Norwich, it's interesting. They, there was a run of games just after they had those couple of wins that I thought they missed an opportunity. It seems like to me their lack of um attack and prowess maybe cost them a bit i remember there was the newcastle game i know they got a draw out of that one but given newcastle's down to 10 men if they had someone next to pokey what could maybe add a bit bit more of an element in the attack in front i think they would have won that one and then there's the manchester united game i still don't know how they didn't win that game i remember watching it and um Pookie, as good as he is, he seems like he needs to have about 
10 chances to get one. He has, does some fantastic strikes, but you just need someone next to him, it seems to me. Um, someone a bit different from him, would you agree? Yeah, yeah. It, I mean, Pukki's the first guy we look to when we think about goals and where, where they're coming from because he, he has um, had a habit over the years. He's been with us now of stepping up. Um, but interestingly, each season, even the seasons in the Championship, um, he has had little periods where things haven't gone for him um, and it feels like he's right in the middle of one of them now. Um, you know, I follow Norwich on the social media sites and, and each month without fail, they'll post up on their options for goal of the month and stuff. And there isn't one for December because we haven't scored any. So, you know, yeah. that's how bad things are at the minute. Um, you know, it's, you know, I played striker. Um, yes, you take credit when um, when you score the goals, but also be the first to admit a lot is dependent on the service that you get as well. Um, you know, and, and, and Pukki um, can be a threat in behind. Um, but it just it just seems that Norwich don't know how to find him at the moment. They, they, they don't seem to be able to get the ball to him. Um, and when he does fashion himself a chance, um, he's not taking it. Um, he, he just he, he just needs one to go in and fall for him. And the same can be said for, for the other lads. You know, Sargent's come in, big expectations, um, hasn't fell for him. He's worked hard, um, but he just hasn't shown that he's got any um, kind of Premier League qualities about him yet. Now, whether that will come through a goal or a few decent performances, time will tell. Um, but yeah, you know, you could you could go through the team um, back to front and and you know argue a case for each player and and a potential replacement in January. But then you're left in January potentially with a whole new squad of players that will will take a few games to to bed in together. And, and Norwich, given their position, they haven't got a few games. Um, you know, they need to start picking up points against the teams around them really quickly. Yeah, um, I agree. Um, it's interesting because I do think they need. You could argue they need a lot of positions, but I think the two positions I look at is maybe another strike, and they ain't really got a sort of number 10 what can get the ball by the stuff and create something and put a ball through. Obviously, some of that is just due to um, selling um, that said prayer in last year, never really replaced him. But I think if you had those two things. I think Dean Smith is good enough manager to get a lot out of the defensive players organised. If there was that element up front to sort of, so you have a sort of relief rather than the ball just keep coming back at you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Puki and Bundia, their their chemistry and 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 their linking up was was formidable. Um, yeah. You know, they they were they were brilliant together, and you can even throw Cantwell into that. The three of them were were really dynamic going forward. I know it was the championship. Um, but but Bundia and Puki um, especially just seem to have this real understanding with each other. Um, you know, I haven't got any statistics, but I should imagine a fair bulk of Puki's goals would would have Bundia as, as the assist. Um, obviously, he went, and it was then an opportunity for Todd Cantwell to to step up and 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 fill that. Um, and for various reasons, on and off the pitch, um, this season's been stop start for him. Um, you know, he's. He's had now a, a new manager come in, so it's almost like a fresh uh, start for him. I don't know how the relationship with him and Farker was towards the end, but it didn't sound as if it was a positive one. Um, no. So he's now been brought in and um, 
even now he's 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 being um unused on the bench or brought in on in small areas uh, i don't know whether it's a fitness thing um i don't know whether it's because the manager fancies other people but uh, he had a real opportunity to really grab the premier league and, and make a name for himself and up until this point that hasn't happened for him and you know pookie needs people like canwell um supplying him the ball and, and being at the top of their game for him to to to, to work his most effective as well um so you know you're then left with with new people that come in matthias norman um done brilliant uh, i feel has probably been our real highlight um since he's um signed on loan but he's now off injured awaiting an operation um billy gilmore's back into the fold um and there's a real mix of um feelings about him from the norwich fans you know some people want to continue giving him a chance because there's no question he's got ability other people uh, are saying they don't think he's good enough um so yeah things seem really kind of messy at norwich at, at the minute and um it's not just about what players we bring in in january it's about what players we let go um you know are we going to keep hold of everybody is everybody wanting to stay are the loan players going to go back um they spent 70 million which is the most they've spent in the build up to this season so have they got any more money to spend in january without selling anybody um i guess all these questions will be answered over the next four weeks yeah i mean i've got covered questions but that but um before um i ask you them i've got a couple of live questions a regular um viewer carlos asked some questions he's based in new york and um strong views about all sports um carlos says good morning in the ads um what does the defense need to do the norwich defense um yeah. i mean it's, it's a really tricky one to answer i mean the, the obvious answer would be to to concede less goals um you know what what we we have a style of play where we we, we like to play out from the back and get the ball moving the problem is um we give away so many unpressured passes um by the time the opposition pick the ball up they're they're within our final third and the number of goals we've conceded um through that this season has been as many as i can remember in any season um giving the ball up cheaply and in dangerous positions and so the knock-on effect of that is you know norwich have scored eight goals in the premier league all season in about 20 matches which is you know ridiculous so when you're giving up a cheap goal um and you're one nil down you now need to score two goals to win that particular match um you know and given that norwich can't even score a goal every two games to score two goals in one game is a real big ask um so i think they need to tighten up um and and um um make less poor decisions in terms of um keeping the ball um i know teams like to press norwich now because they've shown how easy they can give it up um and if that's the case first and foremost they need to protect the goal they need to to stop the other team from scoring for as long as they can to keep themselves in the game um you know when norwich concede one normally shortly after they'll concede two um and you know you might as well write the game off then because norwich aren't scoring two or three goals in the game because they haven't showed they can do that so um for me the main priority would be to to not give the ball away in dangerous positions and gift the opposition goals yeah Audrey um he says do you think it's managerial or player related I think more player related you've got to bear in mind with a recent change of manager I think Dean Smith does make them tighter 
at the back, but I think he's getting as much as he can out of that defence. A lot of these players are what you'll call sort of good championship players rather than premiership players. So the system's going to be key in this, from my point of view. Do you agree? Adrian? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, I mean, you could say it's managerial related in the sense that we have got a new manager that's come in, um, and he'll have his own style of play. He'll have his own way of how he wants the team to set up and defend. Um, now, if that's different to Daniel Farkas and substantially different, then you're talking about having to almost learn a new way of playing. Um, but then, you know. You've got to ask of the players week in, week out to put their bodies on the line. You know, the amount of teams yes. that I've seen come and play against Norwich, even in their last game um, team, I can't remember who we played, they were 2-0 up on us. They were still throwing bodies in front of the ball to block it. Um, you know, Norwich for um, Norwich were getting a few decent chances in decent positions and they always seem to be followed up with one of the opposition players literally just throwing everything on the line to block that ball. Um, I'm not saying Norwich don't do that, um, but, you know, the, the, the players have a certain responsibility to, um, to to really protect their goalkeeper and their goal and, and defend at all costs. And, and when you're shipping goals like Norwich are and not scoring, as soon as one goes in, it can become quite frustrating and disheartening that, you know, you almost, I'm not saying they give up because they, you know, it doesn't look as if they have, but you just almost get this, um, sense that um, they, they they're out of the game. They've taken themselves out of out of um, the game in their mind. You think they've already seen it as as the game has gone. And so when you've got something to hold on to, when it's nil nil and you've really got something to get out of the game, I think you see more players throw more into it um, to protect that and to keep that. Um, but because so many games now, Norwich are, are out of the game before sixty minutes. It's hard to then see that um, because as, as far as the game is, it, it's gone. So, yeah, I agree. Um, Carlos also said, he says they looked depleted after that first goal. He's an Arsenal fan, and that's what he felt. He also asked, and uh, before I get to the last question about Norwich, um, he says, is Krell too old and is enough? Raid needed maybe looking going forward maybe but I think they've got bigger issues than Crow at the moment. I think he's it the question is do they stay if they stay up you look from that great if they go down to a championship probably not. Um I I think they have got far bigger issues than Crow at the moment and the reality is his level is as a Norwich goalkeeper sort of thing. That side, what sort of bounces up and down? Would you agree, Adrian? Yeah, I, so, I mean, um, I know we've had Angus Gunning goal for the last couple of games because Krull's been, been one of the players listed out, either uh, COVID-related or injury-related. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I know it's difficult for a keeper to come in, especially when things are going against them and, and you're a team that's leaking a lot of goals. Um We've, I, I feel in in the games that I've seen, um, we've looked more assured with crawling goal. Um, yeah. But if Angus Gunn is going to come in and establish him himself, then he's going to need a run of games to do that. Um, and he would be the obvious um, replacement for somebody like Crawl because he's young. He's got links with the, the club. His dad played 
number of games in goal for Norwich. Um, so there, there's there's lots for the fans to really take to him. He just needs to throw in a few performances because he would be the obvious replacement for Krull. Um, but yeah, agreeing with what you said, um, just to feel around the Norwich fans that I speak to, um, there hasn't been much conversation about bringing a new goalkeeper in in January because we've been talking about bringing in attacking options, bringing in creative midfield options. You know, do we need to strengthen at the back? Are we going to keep hold of um, Max Aarons? Uh, do we need a replacement there? Um, so the, the focus um, for the fans I've spoke to has been other positions on the pitch. Um, but again, arguably, you could you could um, make a point or a case for for each position on the pitch needing needing a new player brought in um, because it has it's been that woeful this season. Yeah, I agree. Um, and my last question before we move on to a roundup of other teams is two big issues. Is so with the transfer window open, and we've talked about this. Do you feel like? There will be money available or be pretty much just go with what you've got. And two, there's been a big debate of maybe, uh, as you mentioned with Bill Gilmore, maybe some fans not convinced with him and some um, sort of think he isn't the problem. Um, I'm going to be honest, I ain't seen enough of Norwich to judge. What I do know, I think he's a fantastic talent, but he needs a player next to him because he's got the talent, but he's not exactly very strong and physical necessarily. He's more of a technical player. I think he needs someone very strong and domineering next to him, and Norwich ain't really got that player. So to me, it was always a strange fit, and as the seasons went on, I don't think it's the best fit. I do think he's... A fantastic player, he's just not the right player. What Norwich needed, and Norwich ain't the team he needed. Yeah, I I mean, for me personally, the the, the jury's still out. Um, I've seen enough from him quality wise in matches that makes me want to see more. Um, but I've also seen the bits of him and the side of his game that have, have caused the frustration amongst the fans, the, the the giving the ball away and stuff like that. But he's not he's not the only one. Um, you know, there there are other players within that squad that can hold their hands up for similar. So um I'd like to see him stay. Um I don't know how many games he's played in the squad um uh, in the in the starting eleven with Matthias Norman, um, because I think he'd be a good fit for him, would would free him up a little bit and and get him on the ball. Um, but obviously with him being out injured, that's that's now uh, not going to happen anytime soon. And they're both lone players. So, you know, potentially we, we run the risk of, of having them both go back um, without seeing them play again. For me personally, I hope not. I hope he does stay because um, it just means that there's another player that we need to bring in. Um, and I don't think you could bring somebody in with Billy Gilmore's quality, uh, potential quality. Um and have to start them all over again, get to know the players, you know. Um, so, you know, I, I, I say sort of stick with him if we can um, yeah. and strengthen elsewhere. Um, because the, the big the big thing for me, for from a Norwich point of view, in terms of strengthening up, is that creative side of the game. We do not create enough chances. Um, we can lay the blame at Pookie's feet for not scoring enough goals, um, but he seems isolated lots um, and very, very... Um, 
rare opportunities that he gets in and around the box. He almost feels like he has to take it every time. And I don't know whether that panics him more or whether he tries a bit too hard, but it's almost like he's sort of snatching at his chances. And so we definitely need to find someone or some people that will enable us to create more chances in the game. Because at the moment, um, teams are finding it really easy to play against us defensively. And it means they can then start committing more bodies forward, um, which then puts us under the cosh defensively. Um, and that's what we're seeing in, in in the games where, you know, we're conceding three or four um, in, in a lot of games and, and scoring one every two games. Yeah, Audrey. And um, just to finish up on Gilmore, my understanding, what I got told is it, um, someone told me they don't understand the conversation of him going back because they believe he's met certain uh, thresholds where he couldn't be recalled. There'd be... Chelsea would have to pay a forfeit of money to recall him. So unless it was a mutual agreement where Norwich rave that, and I'm not sure they would, then it's not really a topic. It's interesting, but um, I don't know. I know there was some issue with some fans burning. him. Was, you know the fan base being me. Is that more of a minority or is that how the fan base feel at the moment? No, I, I mean, you'd have to ask them. Um, I find it strange given the team performance this season that the one person is being singled out um, because there are a lot of players within that squad, not consciously, not deliberately. Um, you know, I'm not saying players aren't trying hard. Um, they just need to step up more and they are singling him out for whatever reason they choose. But I, I find it harsh. Um, you know, yeah. yes, he's made mistakes, but so has other people on the, on the pitch. And, you know, he's the sort of player that I, I would, would like to have within my team because I think he can make things happen. He just needs to, to find his feet. Um, Norwich need to find some kind of a, a rhythm with regards to um, starting formation, how they're going to set up against teams, style of play um, and start an 11. And if we go between now and the end of the season, um, changing all of those lots, um, then I think we'll struggle. Um, but if we can find a bit of a rhythm, uh, look, you know, we're, we're going to have games coming up. I think um, sometime in February, we've got Man City and Liverpool back to back. Um, no one's expecting us to win those games. Norwich fans aren't. Uh, I'm not. You know, they're not the games we're looking at. But, but you know, between now and then, we've got we've got Watford to play. Um, you know, we've got Newcastle to play at home. Um, we've got Burnley to play again. Um, so teams in and around us, they're where our points um, that we're going to get need to come from um, because it's a double whammy against teams like that. If you lose, it's not only you didn't pick up the points, but they've picked up points. Um, you know, the teams around us, they're going to lose to Man City. They're going to lose to Liverpool, most of them. Um, not interested, really. What I would like to see in those games is a bit of bit of character and something to um, show me that we're really giving it a go. Um, but if we lose because they're the better team and we just don't have enough quality, then I can live with that. What I can't take is us losing games because we folded after 10 minutes conceding a goal and it's just been a walkover for the other team. And I think that's the same for the Norwich fans. If they can see people trying um, and really wanting to do well, um, they will give you the benefit of the doubt and they will stand behind you. But if they see something that they don't like or people giving up, they will voice that. Yeah, um, I agree. Um, and before we move on, uh, Carlos said he liked your Saints jersey. Um Oh, for any English fans out there, um, 
ready for the NFL games and getting to the back of the season and not the best season for either your Saints or my Jets. So, um, yeah, looking forward to better seasons ahead for both of us, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm still holding on to this season. I've, I've got the, the, the playoff picture in my head now, so um, I've got an understanding of what the Saints need to do and it, and it starts tonight against um, Carolina. Um, we need to win both of our games, essentially, um, and then keep our eyes on the 49ers and the Vikings. Um, Vikings uh, have got a tough game, their divisional game with Green Bay. Um, they're going to be wanting to um, pinch that number one seed, so... Um, you know, I can't see them taking it easy. Um, and then the 49ers next week have got a tough game uh, against one of their divisional sides, the the Rams, I believe. Um, so, yeah, I, I've still got a bit of hope. We just need to win our two games and, and, you know, that's as much as we can do. And then if the 49ers and Vikings each lose one game out of their remaining two, then we would have just scraped in. Well, a flush to Sam Darnold, and you will win today, which is with your defense is entirely possible. Um, so looking at the relegation picture around Norwich, um, how do you really sit at this point? I am worried about not just Norwich, Newcastle, and I think Watford at this point, Burnley. I just always have faith in them finding a way to scrap their way out. Um, though I do think if one side does get dragged in, it's either Burnley or Leeds because I'm a little bit worried about Leeds. Um, whereas you can say, oh, they've got these good players and Bielsa-Ball and so forth. They can't defend at all. And that's not something you want in a relegation battle. And how do you view um besides what will go down at this point yeah I, I and again for me um i think what it comes down to isn't you know how newcastle will get on away at liverpool or how newcastle will do at home to man united it's how newcastle get on in the games against the teams around them um yeah. you know because you've also you, you you've almost got yourself a little mini league within the premier league that you could maybe pull six or seven teams in you know i i know it's everton are sliding down a little bit and you've got watford there and and you know they they're, they're quite comfortable they're about six seven points clear in norwich at the bottom but a couple of wins for the teams at the bottom and a couple of losers for them and they can soon get dragged into it so you look at those teams uh, as a little little mini league and, and you want to be winning them games against each other um you know i'm i'm trying to work out or i'm just trying to look to norwich's uh, next games i know they've got um, West Ham coming up and they've got Watford coming up and um, Palace, I believe. Um, you know, the West Ham game, if we can get anything out of that, you know, brilliant. Um, but they're doing quite well at the moment. And if we don't, then other teams will lose to them. Um, um, Palace and Watford must must win games or certainly not, not lose the games um, if Norwich are going to stand any chance. Um, the teams that win more of those battles with each other are going to be the teams that stay up for me. Um, and we haven't even mentioned about Newcastle's capacity in the January transfer window now and how that's going to have an impact on them. Also, Cam Wilson's out for four to six weeks. It's a big They've got to bring someone in. St. Maximan, I believe, is a bit more minor at this, how they got that game called off. Um, 
I don't know against Southampton. I did find it ironic Southampton called off sort of yesterday's game and then they wanted an explanation of why the Newcastle one got called off because they sort of did the same thing yesterday. So it's quite um, funny. But Southampton are a bit worried. I think they're getting enough wins to do it. But um, Newcastle, the thing what Newcastle have always said is we need to invest in defence because Wilson and St. Maximum will score. Well, that's changed a little bit now. But the problem is where you can find a striker in January for them. I know at the moment they seem to be trying to zero in on Kieran Trippier, which I think would be a good signing. But why is Atletico going selling? Because whereas Newcastle might, might pay over odds, they're in the Champions League, so they can want to write back from somewhere. So... I'm not sure it'll be as straightforward as Newcastle fans want, but um, it's better for Norwich if Newcastle zero in on these players and essentially wait two weeks, because in those two weeks, they could have four games, to be honest yeah. with you. So that could be a key part of Norwich's success if N- Newcastle waste time, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, you know, I look at the league table and... and... The points will tell you where each team is in the league, but there are other statistics that I like to to look at within the team to, to give me a, a more overall picture of, of them as a team. So, um, you know, I look at Norwich, they've got least points, they've scored least goals, they've conceded the most goals and they've got the worst goal difference. Um, that tells me all I need to know about them. You know, it, it's dire. Um but they haven't lost the least games. They've, they've won two games this season and Newcastle and Burnley have only won a game each. Um, so being this far into the season and only having one win to show for it um, is going to play on, on their minds um, because I don't think you can go a Premier League season winning only one game and expect to stay up. So they're going to need to pick up wins. Um, so I haven't completely written Norwich off yet, um, but going on, how the last three or four games have felt and the vibe that I've got from around, um, it just hasn't felt positive and I do fear the worst. Yeah, I agree. Um, just a quick roundup. So Man City's got off to playing pretty well, to, sort of similar to last year. Um, they're looking like the side. Obviously, things can change quickly, but um, it certainly seems like their division to lose at the moment. Um, Liverpool's going to be key in um, because they've got their, essentially two-thirds of their front line leaving for African nations and Chelsea just ain't being their self for the last month. But what's your views on that top of the table, Adrian? Um, honestly, um, is it Chelsea? Is Chelsea-Liverpool today? Yeah. Yeah, um, I, I think them two teams are fighting for second, if I'm honest. Yeah. Um, not because I don't think they're very good teams. And, and you know, Chelsea um, had a great start to the season, would top for, for, for a bit of it as well. Um, but I look at the league table, I know uh, there's games in hand and we're not getting a true reflection because of the COVID cancellations and stuff. But as we stand at the moment, Man City are 11 points clear. Um, if Chelsea manage to win both their games in hand, you know, that brings it down to five. That still means Man City have got to lose two games this season and Chelsea have got to win every single game or Liverpool have got to win every single game. 
Um, I can't see Man City losing two games. Um, and equally, I can't see Chelsea and Liverpool winning out from here, um, which means Man City will probably have to lose another game. Um, so for me, um, watching it from right at the bottom of the Premier League, um, I think the teams around Man City are battling for, for runners-up now. I think um, unless they have a big collapse, Man City have got more than enough to see this home now. Yeah. I agree. And I think the chance for them to drop points was this against Arsenal. Arsenal put in a great performance, certainly first half. They were a bit unlucky. I know some uh, people were pressuring referee decisions. But just looking at from an Arsenal point of view, I would be very positive about their future. They've got so many good young players standing up. I do think uh, it's interesting. It's for young players was like sort of standing up they're playing with so much freedom so i'm encouraged if i'm an arsenal fan going forward to be honest with you um before we yep. wrap this show up um carlos adds uh, another comment about um the saints says you have a slight um edge to slide into a place for offense needs to score 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 um, I think the defence is going to be the most important aspect because I think that quarterback, well, your quarterback situation, there's limitations there. So the defence is the elite unit. They need to stand still and sort of hope that you can scrape enough points. Um, the one bonus is that the 49ers quarterback situation has got a little bit more tricky since I do, I am a believer in freelance, but I've always said, Whereas I think he might even have the best ceiling of all the rookie quarterbacks. I think it's going to take him two years to find himself in the NFL. Um, he also adds um, Patrick Abayam is looking to make a move. But as an Arsenal fan, I'm not big on a Pierre. Um, I sort of agree. I think I understand there was a situation with his mother but there's been a few situations and i actually think arsenal's been quite good about his personal stuff and he's done this in other places and to be honest with you even if you have a situation family related i don't think he indicated um he was going to be late and that's a big no especially if they have been supportive and um to be honest i think art has just got to a point where he's quite hurt by maybe some disrespect he feels. So I don't think there's any mend in this relationship. No, no. And interesting that Carlos put that because I was going to actually um, ask him as, as an Arsenal fan how he felt about him coming out of the squad because it seems um, from the outside looking in that they're better without him. Um, and, and they seem um, to have picked up some better results recently without him being in, involved, um, you know, and what baggage he brings and, and whether it's just just best for the club to cut ties and and keep doing doing with the players that you've got because looking at the league table this morning and seeing arsenal in the top four I, you know it's been a while hasn't it yeah i don't want no part of it i'd rather play say uh, and i believe i'm butchering his name nimeth their young strike he's called the hat-trick in the cup but to be honest like i said i think he gets a rough deal by some fans some fans saying they want to move on from him i'm not saying he's like in the world's top 10 strikers but at least he wants to be there and this year he's showing effort i think he's the leader what people want a banyan to be and he's sort of enabling those young players 
to play around him. He doesn't need to be the guy. He's happy sort of maybe playing that number 10 role slightly or false nine. And yeah. he's a big part of what they're doing. So if I'm an Arsenal fan, I'll be glad he's not around. Um, he also adds Newcastle wants to pick up Pierre. Um, I think in some ways, and I know he does score goals, that's the last thing that Strud needs. It's the exactly sort of player, what may, they may attract sort of money hungry and maybe not prepared to tool up for the battle. And I'm not sure that's a winning recipe. I could see them making the move because of his name. But um, if I'm a Newcastle fan, I want no part of that. Yeah, it's a risk. You know, um, yeah. if it pays off, then great. Nobody will ask any questions. If it doesn't and Newcastle get relegated, he'll be the first one out the door. Yeah, I agree. Um, and that just about wraps up today's episode. I've learned to thank you for joining me today, Adrian. No problem, mate. Speak to you again soon. Uh, yeah, uh, thank you to everyone for watching, Carlos for commenting. And until next time, let's talk sport fans.